And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, hi, Mark. Hi. I swear to say, I love your show. I just talked to David Lee Roth. He said, somebody get me a doctor. The X at 105.9. My guest right now will be headlining at Key Bank Pavilion on Saturday, the 21st of July. His band has been a major force in rock music since being founded in 1983, and they are still together and going strong. From the cult, it's lead singer Ian Asbury. Uh, Ian, thanks so much for taking the time. When you put the cult together in 1983, could you envision that you'd still be together and headlining in 2018? That's really amazing. Thank you. Um, no, I had no idea it was going to go beyond. I think the big thing at the time was uh, just making a single. You know, just getting a just making a single or an EP was the was the goal. <laughs> Never thought we'd get into like ten studio albums and multiple tours and you know several decades. Um, but here we are. Well, it's always been you and Billy Duffy on guitar, the nucleus, the the songwriters. How has that partnership yeah. held up over 35 years? We've definitely been through a lot. Um, I mean, right now we're in really good shape. Um, it's a good relationship. Uh, there's a lot of harmony. And uh, we've had some, we've recently been playing out. We've, we've had some great shows. We just came back from Europe. We played um, outside of London. We played in Valencia in Spain last weekend. Uh, we had a couple of great shows. So, um, you know, it continues. What's the creative process like for you and Billy? Because the cults never really followed a formula. I don't think it's it's not a predictable no. band. No, there's no real formula. I think that's just down to the personalities involved. I mean, I'm constantly reevaluating. You know, it's like when you go through a studio process, there's always things that you want to change. Even when the record comes out, it's like we should go in. And I love that. You know, some artists now are actually. Uh, getting response and feedback and listening to the music once it comes out and then going away and changing it and then putting out a new version of the album, which is a really, I think it's a really cool thing to do. Um, you know, you keep updating the work. But uh, the process is, I guess it's whatever it demands. You know, sometimes we've made records in six weeks. Sometimes we've made records in six months. Um, some albums we've done straight from demos. Some albums we've done with no songs, walking in the studio. Uh, the last couple of records we've done have been pretty much uh, Billy and I will go away and work, see what we've got, you know, and then we come together collectively, put it all in the pool, and then we decide which songs we're going to work on. Um, so we both work at home, and then we work in a studio environment. So I guess there's a little bit of consistency in the last couple of records, especially with Bob Rock being involved in, from the beginning. Now, Love was the cult's breakthrough LP in 1985, and then Electric was quite different in 87, but also a big success, sure. a bit heavier. What inspired that? That was a that was a gutsy progression there. I think it was really about the lifestyle. We're a touring band, we're a live touring band. Um we wanted music that was that was immediately impactful. And um, you know, Love Album is very textured, very layered and quite labored in places. Um well that's a very simple record. Um <clears throat> But I think for Electric, we're kind of getting back into this territory of very textured. You know, initially we started off and we're laying down a lot of textures and just felt like we should be stripping it away and getting more to the core of the sound. So that was one of the, you know, 
from the observations from Rick Rubin um, to strip it way down to its you know most basic form, and we were completely caught up in that. And uh, you know, there it stands. I don't think it's anything we could ever duplicate. Now, the last new music the cult did was in 2016. Uh, Ian, is more new music likely? And what are the pros and cons of doing new music in today's era? Well, definitely. I mean, we're creative first, so there's always going to be something floating around. Um, it's more about like coming together with the right circumstances. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, we've been really focused on touring for the past couple of years, um, touring out Hidden City and, you know, meeting those commitments. And, and now we're kind of evolving back into a place where we're looking at potentially, you know, new material, new releases. So those conversations have started. Um, I think it's really important to stay, you know, uh, current, stay relevant with your body of work. Um, you know, definitely not contrive anything, but just really, it, for me, it's always been just a natural process. It's not something I have to struggle with um, creating. So I just feel that when we feel we've got something to say, then we'll go in the studio and put it down. We're talking to Ian Asbury, singer for The Cult, The Cult at KeyBank Pavilion on Saturday, July 21st. Uh, Ian, a lot of your early songs were about Native American themes. Uh, what inspired that? Um, yeah, definitely. There was a lot of American Indian um, references and symbolism. Um, <clears throat> growing up in Canada, I emigrated to Canada when I was 11. I was exposed to um, the indigenous culture. I lived next to a reservation, Six Nations Reserve. Um, outside of Hamilton, Ontario, it was in Brampton, I believe. <clears throat> so, you know, it was the first time I've really exposed to a, another culture outside of like a Northwestern European culture, and uh, I just became absolutely fascinated with the relationship with nature and you know, existential spirituality, and um, that was part of their everyday uh, consciousness which is very different from what I grew up with. So I became fascinated by that and um, just explored some of the themes. <clears throat> and then it found its way into lyrics and songs and um, titles. And uh, it was definitely an appreciation of the culture, um, a complete reverence and appreciation for, for Native culture. Now, you toured with Robbie Krieger and Ray Manzarek at the Doors for a number of years at the turn of the millennium. How do you look back at that experience? I was at the, a couple of those shows, and boy... That's a tough act to follow with Jim Morrison, but the shows were quite good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a 12-year courtship. That didn't happen overnight. <laughs> no, no, that took 12 years. That was like initially meeting Danny Sugarman, the manager at the time, and Oliver Stone uh, when they were putting together the Doors movie, and that was an initial conversation about participating in that. But what really led to was being introduced to Robbie and Ray and even John at the time. <clears throat> and um, they were, you know, flirting with the idea of, reforming but at that point that would have been only you know what like 18 years 17 years since Morrison had passed on so I think it was still kind of fresh for them and uh, they ended up waiting until the early 2000s before they felt you know they felt they were in a place where they really wanted to go out and perform these songs there's a whole new generation that never experienced their music live in fact the Doors didn't really tour that much <clears throat> which is a little known fact. I mean, they didn't tour as much as a lot of the other bands. They did six shows in Europe. That was their European tour, was six shows. That was it. Um, so 
they never went around the world. They played Mexico City, um, I believe, and they played, um, I think they played Tijuana as well, but outside of that, pretty much, you know, they did a show in Toronto, um, they did uh, mostly touring in the United States, but they go away on weekends, so they didn't play that much live. And uh, is it Ray really enjoyed the touring experience because it was something he never got to do on a tour bus and traveling around Europe and playing his music. So it was great to help them realize that vision and be a part of that. Now, when the cult goes out on tour, Ian, how do you decide what to play? Because certain things are obviously expected. Yeah. Well, it's an assumption. I mean, I always say this to Billy. It's like an assumption that the audience knows the material because, you know, you the feedback you get is a lot, a lot of it is through social media now, you know, and uh, we always pay attention to what people are saying. So we take that into consideration, songs that people are going to want to hear. But then we look at how's the set going to work, how's the set going to be impactful in the moment. Like next weekend when we play, we'll be playing a lot of iconic songs from, you know, records that were um, commercially huge releases. But also... I think a lot of our best songs are buried in albums um, that we've never even got the chance to visit. You know, we never even got the chance to go into. So we're going to bring out one song, which we've never played before, um, from uh, Choice of Weapon, which was a really, very special song. Um, I don't want to disclose it because I'd rather people have the surprise of hearing it. It's a really impactful song and um, kind of best sums up the last probably five, six years of where the band's been at. And then, um, you know, sometimes we'll play, we'll go back far back as Spirit Walker, which was the kind of the band's first, you know, major um, successful song. It's certainly in the UK it was, because we had a whole album out before we got to the United States. We had an album, Dreamtime, that came out in the UK and building it through the UK and Europe. And we spent like a full year doing UK and Europe before we even got to the US for our first American tour. But we came to the US pretty early on. And then, uh, you know, haven't left since. <laughs> now, uh, with the World Cup about to wrap up, I'm I'm, uh, I'm moved to ask, do you still play soccer? I know that's been a big passion of yours. Well, it was since I could walk. I mean, I I grew up in a culture that was, you know, blue-collar, much like, you know, North America, where you're kind of thrust in, blue-collar kids are thrust into sports as a, you know, um, it's, it's, it's just the way you're brought up and very competitive you know, kids at school and always playing it in recess. I mean, you know, England and, and Britain is a, you know, a soccer, football obsessive nation. And um, <clears throat> definitely for the World Cup is a, a very unique time, very special time. Uh, I haven't played for quite a while. I sustained a really bad injury uh, about eight years ago, which kind of changed my whole uh, fitness regime. I used to run a lot. Then I had to flip from running to doing more uh, controlled cardio and doing some um, working more like sometimes, you know, going to a dojo and doing some martial arts practice as well as, you know, regular gym. So I had to change uh, change that. And then soccer is an incredibly demanding sport. I mean, players are running, you know, six, eight, ten miles during the game. Um it's a really, really demanding physical sport, and, and there's a skill and a finesse to it. So it's something I really, you know, this World Cup is something I really enjoyed watching, and uh, definitely was heartbroken when England lost. But 
they did amazing for a young team, second youngest team in the tournament. Um, definitely broke a lot of the the, the, the bad juju around uh, England's World Cup performances, and I think they walk away really proud. So that was a really incredible experience, and hopefully next one in Qatar, we'll see the United States back in it. No, the United t- States has got an amazing, you know, amazing program, a lot of incredible players. The MLS has exploded, so it's great being in the United States, seeing soccer grow and as a sport. Now, I'm told you're an Everton fan. Is that right? Yeah, you did your research. I'm a Liverpool fan, but this is still really good. You know us Americans, we just go That's for funny. the big name. Well, you know, my brother's a Liverpool supporter, so, um, yeah, he's got the most trophies in the trophy cabinet. Um, but <laughs> this, it's, yeah, I, but, you know, the thing with soccer is it's, 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 it's becomes, it, I mean, it's a business for that sport. It's, it's insane. Uh, billions and billions of dollars spent on it and the development of of teams and players now is incredibly competitive you know incredible investments going into teams international investments a lot of the teams in the uk premiership and the english premiership are owned by you know external not not british business folks and um americans own some of the you know the teams i think isn't uh liverpool owned by an american yeah by the fenway Um, sports group john w henry right so so the guy that owns the boston red sox so um yeah, exactly. I think um, Manchester United's owned by the Glaziers. And, right, Tampa you know, Bay Buccaneers. Right, so, you know, and there's definitely a correlation between, <clears throat> I think there's a real respect between, um, you know, players and managers and everybody, look, like Gareth Southgate, for example, uh, the manager of the UK, the English national team, was looking at um, specialized teams in, uh, in the NFL and specialized coaching, and he applied that to the English team where, you know, looking at things like set pieces and, so it's really interesting. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, sports technology and sports uh, magic that these guys explore. So it's fascinating. Ian, this was terrific. Thank you so much for taking cool. the time. And I look forward to Thanks the show on the 21st. Good stuff. Excellent. Thank you so much. That is Ian Asbury from the Cult. And they are at Key Bank Pavilion, along with Bush and Stone Temple Pilots, regrouped with a new singer. That's on Saturday, July 21st. I bet you never thought a soccer talk show would break out in the middle of an interview with a rock star, but that was good stuff. Thanks to Ian. You'll enjoy the cult. Go see him. I always do. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X.